The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, folks, this is the time that you all have been waiting for. By bated breath, and you're just listening from to one America's Web Radio on the America's Thank you. Anyway, you've been waiting for it all week long, and I know that it's just the excitement is about too much for the normal person. I know it is for me. So, with that being said, it's time for Bite Reality and. Our friend Mark, and a New York attorney, and he's Mark the Shark, and he starts off his show, and, you know, I, I call Mark and, and apologize that his president and vice president had barely given him anything to talk about or, or do rhyme time with. Uh, you know, Kamala confirmed that, that uh, North Korea is a very loyal, and a good ally of the United States, and has been for years. Good morning, and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now for Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And um, our host is on the line with us, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Forsberg, and uh, we had decided before we start today's show, uh, I had a very good friend that was killed recently, and, a, and another friend of mine sent me something that I thought's appropriate for all of us. And it's a poem, and I'm going to read it right quick. And this is for, this goes out for Anyone that has lost a loved one in the military or as a first responder. And it goes like this. When tomorrow starts without me, please try to understand that an angel came and called my name and took me by the hand. The angel said my place was ready in heaven far above and that I'd have to leave behind all of those I dearly love. But when I walked through heaven's gates, I felt so much at home, for God looked down, smiled at me, and told me, welcome home. So when tomorrow starts without me, don't think we're far apart, for every time you think of me, I'm right there in your heart. And I hope some, I hope this helps some other people like it helped me and, uh, trying to figure out how my friend was killed. And, you know, nobody can figure it out why me, why them, why, why, why. But that poem, I sort of think, addresses a lot of things. So with that being said, Phil, how are you this morning? I'm all right, David. How about yourself? I'm just fine. And, uh, you know, the one thing that we have to do just to get make sure that the blood is pumping and we're ready for that uh, force march this afternoon when the how-to and, and uh, 
the list is brought out, the honeydew list is brought out. But we'll get those hearts going right now. All right and freedom. What in the world? I don't understand. That was not part of it. Let's see here. I don't think I could go for another fourth march right now, but uh, that's what we have, well, and uh, we've got another so desert. Podcast every remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm show, and uh, we're going to make it one way or the other. And you know, Phil, I wanted to start the show if you don't mind by getting your opinion. I just had a uh, another lieutenant colonel retired in here a few minutes ago, and. I asked him the same question. In fact, he's going to be doing a show for us uh, in the near future. But I asked him the same question before he left. What do you think about this new government plan to change all the names of our bases? <laughs> well, um, I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to cost a lot of money. Going to create a lot of confusion. Uh, you know, I uh, I never did uh, think that we should be naming installations after uh, uh, those who have made war against the United States. But uh, you know, I understand a lot of these uh, a lot of these installations were stood up less than a hundred years after our Civil War. And uh, a lot of them in the South, and uh, therefore, uh, I think there was some sensitivity uh, for the local communities to show that uh, we what you didn't have a Yankee and army uh, invading and setting up uh, uh, an army of occupation. It was it was uh, the army of the entire nation. That was there, uh, United States, and uh, so it was kind of a head nod to uh, to those uh, who may have had uh, kinfolk associated with that conflict um, on the losing side. In any event, uh, you know the the names are what they are. You know, uh, we just. Uh, Changing people's language is not going to change people's hearts. My feeling was that some bureaucrat that uh, was is concerned about losing his job because he wasn't doing anything or she wasn't doing anything. So they came up with the idea, why don't we change the name of all the forts and posts? And, you know, I just... I think it's the stupidest thing and it's going to cost millions... For nothing, and you know, there's a there's a, a pride about 
where you served in the U.S. too, you know? Uh, at least from what I've gathered from my veteran friends, whether it be at, you know, in the medical end, Fort Sam, uh, and many people, Fort Hood, Fort Bragg, Fort Benning, you know, and where did you go to jump school? Well, there's only one, Fort Benning. And, you know, there's, I just think it's stupid. Well, uh, yeah, it, it is going to cost a bunch of money. And, uh, uh, you know, if you want to change people's hearts, you, you should work on their hearts and not, not change, trying to change their speech. Uh, well, I think that will tend to, uh, engender some, uh, some resentment if you do that. And so, uh, you know, we should be about putting together a cohesive uh, and unified team and not uh, dividing ourselves. Well, you know, I would, off the side, I'd make you a bet that whoever came up with this idea has never served a day in their life. But that's just a guess. So, Well, I'd, yeah, I'd be willing to back up that bet. Pardon? I would be willing to back up that bet. <laughs> um, you know, I... Uh, there's just, you know, something that people don't under, in my opinion anyway, that they don't understand the mili- about the military, and that is the prior... And, and this is the same thing about the, the seamen, the, all the Navy, and how proud uh, naval person is I served on the USS whatever and it was the greatest ship going we had the best you know and they're all proud of of where and how they served and are they going to rename all the ships now uh, I don't know uh, <laughs> the, you know we, we got a lot more pressing things to worry about uh, like, I don't know, meeting our recruiting goal. Oh, yeah. If, uh, if they weren't telling our troops to go out and apply for food stamps, um, they might have a better chance of, of meeting their recruiting goals. And if, if they weren't uh, trying to teach everybody the various new pronouns in their lexicon, uh, then <clears throat> we might be able to concentrate on you know, elevating standards and uh, actual warfighting capability. Well, we're uh, we're going to be starting a new show with uh, Mike Mazel, and um, we're going to be addressing uh, some of what you and I have addressed over the years, and uh, that is helping our veterans and their families. Find resources, find where they can get something done when they haven't been able to get it done themselves. We're going to try to point them to the right tools, be it in Georgia or be it uh, any place in the world. And, uh, you know, we certainly respect service officers that have given a lot of their time to helping veterans and their families, and we're going to be... Uh, 
doing more and more of the you got a problem you call us and we'll find out or we'll tell you where to go to get it fixed and uh this is uh it's outrageous for a veteran to be homeless it's outrageous for a veteran to only eat one meal a day that maybe he's secured from a dumpster or something that's totally outrageous unacceptable and we're going to see if somewhere or the other we can put a stop to it and i know there there are a lot of uh, desert shield and desert storm veterans that are also suffering in one way or the other and um we want to help them as well and certainly want to help them any veteran we want to help and their and their family as well so this is uh you know we we talk about it but we're doing something about it and any veteran that you know that we can help tell them to stay tuned because we're going to be giving them a directory of all sorts of places they can turn and get help and we certainly want to thank you for your service Phil over the in many ways not just not just your time in Desert Storm and Desert Shield or Desert Shield and Desert Storm but the many other things that you've done for your brother veteran and we were looking at uh when I when these folks were over here today and we were talking earlier the need like you said for recruitment but i think re- recruiting just like the communists have proven over the last few months that it starts in schools and this is where the woke movement uh, that i think is just horrendous and the uh, BLM and all this, it's started in schools. And this is uh, an area that recruitment has to start in too. And I think anybody that's involved in the junior ROTC program is a saint. And they're doing a wonderful job teaching what teachers aren't teaching in school today. And we have to keep up the volunteer military. It's the best thing. Look at what, what do you think about what Russia is going through right now in trying to get people to volunteer? I think they're going to have a pretty difficult time um, in getting uh, quality folks to do anything for them. Um, uh, you know, I've said it before. The, <clears throat> You know, soldiers will fight for all sorts of things that are noble, but if you get them involved in um, just a conquest for the sake of your national conquest, um, then you're going to get folks, uh, anybody that's, you know, actually interested in doing that is going to be self-serving and not noble, and you're going to wind up with uh, uh, troops that uh, will desert their post and uh, will create all sorts of chaos. It's just a bad situation. You're not going to get the best. And 
what's your feeling towards Putin? Is he bluffing or is he uh, really threatening? Well, you know, he does have uh, capabilities. Uh, the effectiveness of them, we don't know. I mean, he, he had the West thinking that he could just roll in and, and take over Ukraine, which is, you know, a much smaller neighbor. And uh turns out uh, it's taken him many months, and he's had quite a few setbacks. So, uh, you know, I have no doubt that he has... <clears throat> weapons, uh, nuclear weapons, but, uh, well, I'll just give you this example. A buddy of mine, uh, what, you know, when I was, uh, after I'd retired from the Army and was flying, I had the opportunity to fly with uh, some fellows that were Russian. And they had served uh, in the Russian Armed Forces uh, back during the days of the Soviet Union. And I asked them, you know, what, what did they think about you know, was, <clears throat> during my time in, we, we were spent a great deal of time, you know, concerning ourselves with uh, direct combat with the Russians or the Soviet Union. And I said, "What you know, what did you guys think about direct con- conflict with the United States? And uh, they just looked at me and laughed. And they said, we knew our stuff didn't work. Um, and I think... Uh, you know, <clears throat> I think if he if he wanted to use a nuclear weapon, uh, Vladimir Putin could certainly kill a bunch of people. Uh, but I don't think he's in any way capable uh, of dealing with the uh, the after effects of that, which uh, you know uh, almost certainly the the NATO alliance would trigger, and uh, this would be. Uh, this would be a very, very bad day for Vladimir Putin. I think he's celebrating his 70th birthday today. Oh, really? My goodness, I didn't realize I was that much older than him. But with that note, and let people think about it, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with Desert Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm right after this. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor. But listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. 
And we want to reinstate or restate that too, that uh, the disaster would be many fold if somebody like Stacey Abrams was to win. So we'll be getting right back to America's Web Radio and remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm right after an ID. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening, and uh, we really appreciate the emails that we get. And if you have a question for Phil, just email me. You can email dm at AmericasWebRadio.com, and I'll pass the question on. Or you can email Phil direct by Phil at americaswebradio.com and that'll go directly to him in his email. And we probably won't even see it. But uh, we'd like to hear from you and we certainly appreciate uh, Tom Cox and uh, Richard Linatello were telling me they were at Hershey this past weekend for the AACA big event and they were telling me how many people were coming up to them and literally wanting, and they were laughing about it, wanting their autographs or have a picture taken with them, and that, you know, they listened, that that they had people coming up to them, and, oh, yeah, we listen every Saturday to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. We love to hear that, and we'd love to hear from you. Phil, you wouldn't mind hearing from some people, would you? I would love it, David. I, I would love to have, uh, you know, to find out what, what people are interested uh, about uh, Desert Storm and, and have a chance. It may jog some uh, some old memories of mine. I'll be able to give people more of what they like. So, yeah, sure. Send me an email, please. And uh, with that being said, we'll continue with the show. And, uh, you know, I guess... People are beginning more and more to bring it up. Is America going to be able to turn the corner? Personally, uh, I never lose hope. Well, I, yeah, I think we'll get out of our, our, where we are right now. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, I want folks to remember that uh, after the doldrums and the... Uh, Inflation and the horrible uh, uh, international humiliation of the Jimmy Carter years, we, uh, America turned to Ronald Reagan. So I'm hoping we'll have somebody uh, ready to uh, take the reins and uh, maybe we can get some sense back into our government. And appreciate those that have and will raise their right hand to protect and defend. And this is, uh, we've got to, in my opinion, have to see more cooperation among state lines as well as federal lines. And, uh, you know, I thought DeSantis uh, was a man and bellied up to the bar and thanked Biden for what he was doing during uh, Ian and uh, that that takes a real a real man when Biden has said some of the things that he said against DeSantis 
and some of the stupid moves that he's made. But uh, for DeSantis to thank him, that took a real man. And uh, I think that he has a good chance of being, if not this time, another time, a great leader and a great leader of the United States. And uh, that's what we need right now is a great leader and somebody that won't take the stuff that's being has been dished out to him recently and dished out to the world, which is if it comes out of the mouth of a politician and it's a lie, you've got a pretty good chance it's coming from a Democrat. So we're encouraging folks to take a real strong look at people that are running and look at the Republicans and what they're saying and what they intend on doing and how bad it is that we need to take back the House and the Senate. And you, the voter, can do that. As a radio station, we can't do it by ourselves. It's going to take you, the voter, to turn the ship around. And as we were talking uh, earlier, the importance of kids learning the truth, and the truth is history, not rewritten history, but history. In the history of the Korean War, the history of Vietnam, the history of the Middle East, and certainly the history of Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and they're important, as important today as they were yesterday. And people should know about them. And kids should know about the flag. And kids should know about the oath that people take when they're going to serve the country. And what it means and why they should want to do it. Well, I'll agree. Uh, you know, uh, David, we lost uh, somewhere around 58,000 Americans in the Vietnam War. And uh, I would say, uh, you know, each one of those is uh, tragic. Uh, We, uh, there were 697,000 U.S. troops uh, deployed to uh, the Middle East for Operation Desert Storm. And, only 299 of those uh, lost their lives and uh, I think the majority was uh, non-battle death injuries well it's to me whether it's one or a hundred thousand it's it's too many but if we ever forget about them, that is the wrong of the wrong and how important it is to know, you know, if, again, if I were a betting man, Phil, I bet I could describe you when you raised your hand and took your oath and the pride that you felt within you and the love of country when you took your oath and what had you ever heard it before you took it the oath 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had, uh, actually, they made a study uh, during my ROTC class in the military science, and it was explained to us very carefully what it meant. And when you finally took it, did you have any uh, goosebumps? Uh, it was, uh, I'll just say it was a very, very sobering experience. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really an open-ended, uh, oath that you swear. It's not, uh, <clears throat> it's not, uh, confined to, uh, while I'm in uniform. In fact, uh, when, uh, when William Tecumseh Sherman was the president of what is now uh, Louisiana State University and the uh, the governor and uh, General Braxton Bragg came and told him that they were going to be uh, part of the secession and they wanted him to uh, take a commission in this new Confederate Army. General Sherman said to them, one of the things he said was, that I took an oath, even though he had separated from the army at that time, uh, he said I took an oath to uh, support and defend the Constitution, and I'm not going to break it. Uh, so he considered that to be a lasting oath uh, to the Constitution. And you know, in, in other nations, when you uh, when you're commissioned, you swear an oath to a person. A, uh, a king or queen or uh, something, but uh, when our armed forces enter into their uh, oath, it's uh, it's to the Constitution, and uh, you know, and we shouldn't feel uh, at all uh, hesitant about pledging allegiance to our flag. Uh, that pledge of allegiance was was written. Uh, after our Civil War, and it was designed uh, specifically to uh, to be help uh, heal our nation, uh, and uh, those who uh, don't want to uh, pledge allegiance, you know, you're pledging allegiance to a flag and a republic that the flag stands for, and uh, you know, the the republic is. Uh, enshrined is is, is uh, materialized in our constitution. It's, uh, the, our republic is fabricated by our constitution. So uh, it's a very important thing, uh, and you know when when folks stand up uh, in defense of our nation, we don't uh, we don't go out for uh, Colonizing or conquest, uh, we go out for our national interest. And uh, I think it was uh, maybe it was John Foster Dulles that said the only the only territory we ask for is just enough to bury our war dead. Yeah, and you know the I, I think what Sherman said holds true today in that anybody that has taken the oath and 
if the occasion called for it, no matter what their condition, they would be the first to say, I'll fight for my country. And I, I think this holds true for any age, anybody that's taken the oath. They might not be as spry and they might be pushing a walker or whatever, but they would be the first at the first to fight for their country again if needed. And they know how to take and they also know how to give orders. And I believe that any country in the world that would ever, ever think of invading the United States, I don't know if they know it, but they would have the biggest military in the world against them. Both active duty, reserve duty, and veteran duty. Because once, like Sherman said, once you've taken that oath, you've taken the oath. Yeah, it's, uh, there's no doubt that, uh, there's still a lot of fight in your left and your veterans, uh, and if needs be, they, they would be there. Uh, I think, uh, <clears throat> those who, uh, who seek the destruction of our republic uh, have a different uh, method in, in view right now. I think they're looking for uh, for a way to get us to destroy ourselves, and, and we have to be ever vigilant against that. I couldn't agree with you more. And in my opinion, and only my opinion, they're working on it 24-7. And continue to work on it. There's an awful lot at stake. And unfortunately, many folks don't appreciate what's at stake. And, you know, in some ways, as we're seeing, they'd be the first to give it up and and be the first to cry when it was lost. And... You can't, as my parents taught me many years ago, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And a lot of folks never understood what that meant. And a lot of folks don't understand what it means today. But we just can't give up on our country and we can't let a group of idiots like woke and the left wing of the Democratic Party and the progressives and whatever else they want to call themselves take away our country. And it is our country because it's our heritage that built it, not a bunch of gimme socialists. And they uh, eventually will be taught a lesson and a very severe lesson. But, you know, it's like you were, you mentioned the flag, and I, I've said this many times. I don't know what I would do if I came up on a group of people destroying the flag or destroying a flag. And 
I just I couldn't take it, you know, and I I don't know. It means so much, and it, you know, the folded flag that they give the family for one that has given the ultimate sacrifice. And and I believe aren't the words in the appreciation of your country something along yes. those lines? Uh, given you know by a grateful nation right you know uh, I can remember uh, <clears throat> my uh, 11th grade English teacher probably taught me a great deal more about civics uh, than uh, any of the any of my civics teachers had, had tried to she had left the classroom for a moment to do something and a bunch of young boys you know got kind of rambunctious and one of the fellas uh, grabbed the uh, American flag that was up there for the morning uh, Pledge of Allegiance and uh, was kind of running around screaming it around the class behind him and uh, you know generally you know being teenage boys and uh Mrs. Rosen came back in the class. She saw it, and of course, she had such a presence about her that, you know, when she walked in, everything completely uh, settled down. Uh, and she said, uh, you know, Stephen or whatever his name was, you know, please, please put the flag back where it belongs. And she collected her thoughts, sat at her desk for a little bit. Uh, while we waited and then uh, she said something I'll never forget she said I would appreciate it if you'd show respect for that flag she said uh, there are a great many folks who uh, sent their loved ones away to fight for this nation and all they ever received in return was the flag so uh thank you to please be respectful of that flag. And I'll tell you what, that I would not be surprised if every person in that classroom remembered that to this day. Do we have that today? I don't even know if they have flags in the classroom these days or what that flag might look like. You know, I don't either, and I know they've taken the Pledge of Allegiance as well as the, we always had a morning short prayer, and then the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we started the day. And for me, it was something I looked forward to. Um, You know, it was like, that's the way you start your day. And if ever it was missed, you know, I, I'd feel like that my day wasn't started really. And uh, putting your hand over your heart and saying the pledge meant a lot. And when I was, uh, there would be scout day 
and you could wear your Boy Scout uniform in for that for that day, and uh, we could salute the flag with our three fingers, just like we do at at a scout meeting or whatever. But you know, how do we get back to civics and teaching our kids? To respect the flag and to respect the Constitution and what it, what our forefathers gave us. Uh, well, what I can offer to that is, uh, it's really the responsibility of the parents uh, to see to that education. If you, you've got <clears throat> children who are. Uh, going to the school where those values are not uh, respected and endorsed and cultivated that uh, uh, might be a good time to vote with your feet and uh, uh, teach those kids somewhere else. <clears throat> well, it's a shame. The fact is that many of the parents don't have any of the uh knowledge to do that as well well you know what uh you'd be surprised i mean i <clears throat> i encouraged my niece years ago uh to do homeschooling for her kids and she uh she told me she felt she was not uh adequate to the task and uh I can't think of anybody more adequate. And so I, I said to her, well, <clears throat> do you think that those uh, those teachers uh, in the public school love your children more than you do? And she said, no. I said, all right, then I think you'll do a just fine job. And, uh, and she took my advice. She homeschools her kids to, to this day. She has six of them now. And... Uh, she is just so thrilled to be doing that every day, and I couldn't tell you just how wonderful these children are turning out. Uh, they're just so helpful around the house and so uh, grateful for everything they have, and, uh, you know, they're they're not burdened with all the nonsense that, uh, that you find in the <clears throat> that's uh, endemic in the public schools. And I'll tell you this. Um, whatever, however your children are being schooled now, uh, you, you better be on, on the lookout for uh, these drugs, these uh, this, uh, the fentanyl that's coming across the border like nobody's business, and uh, you know <clears throat> the enemies of our nation are uh, infesting uh, our young people with this and infecting them and uh, uh, these are folks who have no uh, good intentions toward the United States and uh, you know spend some time with your kids and talk to them about the, the dangers of these things because they're very real oh absolutely you see a couple of, uh, <clears throat> of these uh, parents on you know, on the news telling about uh, they had no idea this was going on. You know, 
Uh, I'm sure you love your kids. I'm sure you think the very best of them. Uh, you show that you care about them enough to give a warning about this. It's very, very important. On, on that note, we're going to need to take a break, uh, Philip. We'll be back with Philip Forsberg and remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm and how important history is to all of us. We'll be back right after this. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do appreciate you listening to America's Web Radio and the response we get from our shows, the Doctor's Lounge, the Classic Car Show, the Classic Auto Mall, and many other shows, and this show included, that uh, people are listening and they're coming up to our host at different occasions and are emailing or texting our host, and we want to... we're. So very proud of Victor Armendaris as he fills in for nationally known Eric Erickson many times, and he'll be filling in for him uh, coming up very shortly as Eric's going on vacation. Well, our own Victor Armendaris will be there filling in for him. So you can listen to him on America's Web Radio, or you can listen to him on WSB. Now let's get back to... The last segment of remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and it's we we say this because it's been my recent experience over the past few years, anyway. That although very important, uh, people have already forgotten why we were in Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and so that's why I decided I wanted to do a show and. Philip Forsberg, a veteran of both Desert Shield and Desert Storm, has been kind enough to do the, be the host of the program. And, you know, if you don't remember a history, you're doomed to repeat it. And as that saying goes, I don't get it correct all the time, but the point is, you've got to look at and respect history because it's, it's the lesson book for tomorrow. And 
we see this almost daily. And you have your dictators, you have your your people that are trying to destroy the United States right now. And we have to fight them. We have to be ready to fight, and we have to fight them. I'm not going to let somebody take my country away from me as long as I'm taking a breath in it. And I hope a lot of other veterans that are listening agree. And that's why history is so important and why Desert Shield and Desert Storm are so important. We have to remember why. Why did we go in? Phil? Well, the, why I went in was because I got orders to go. Uh, wasn't my idea, but that's what soldiers do. They, they follow the legal orders that they're given. Uh, why our nation felt it was important to go in uh, was because Saddam Hussein uh, was basically threatening uh, the, the world's uh, energy sources, uh, oil supply, uh, threatening to take um, these foreign nations, uh, these various sovereign nations uh, by military force. And, uh, you know, that's not the kind of guy you want <clears throat> controlling the oil supply for our, uh, for the world's economy. So, uh, it was really pretty incumbent upon us to, to go in and, and remove him and make sure that he did, uh, profit from his, uh, adventure into, uh, Kuwait. You know, so the, well, you know, and we gave him op, uh, ample opportunity to get out, and we warned him. And uh, you know, the, the entire time uh, we were warning him that he needed to get out of Kuwait, uh, we were uh, building up for the consequences of him not leaving, so that uh, when the deadline came. We were able to hit it with uh, with significant amount of force, and uh, basically drove him out. He was a tyrant, a fool, and an egotistical fool at that. And you know, he was a killer, and he got his just deserves. And, uh, you know, not only what he did to people, but what he did to our, the natural resources in Kuwait. It was, he was a deplorable individual. And I'm surprised in many ways that he wasn't taken out by some of his own. And I think they had tried it over the years and were unsuccessful. But uh, he was just, uh, he was an awful human being. Yes. And the, uh, you know, I, I worked with uh, some of our Kuwaiti partners uh, that were there with us. And, uh, you know, it was a very real thing to these young men who came 
uh, to serve uh, because their fathers had been killed, their mothers and sisters had been raped, um, and they were uh, they had no idea, you know, what the future would be like there. Uh, and you know, I had a, a real uh, heartfelt sympathy for these guys. When we gave them their country back, I can't, just can't tell you how grateful they were. Uh, there were a lot of tearful goodbyes when we sent them back into Kuwait, and uh, so that was uh, that, <clears throat> that was the high point of the war for me, I guess. You know, you, you uh, just hit on something that. Um, I don't want to question, but uh, maybe the the high point of the war. There, there's good in that you meet a lot of people and you and you befriend a lot of people. But I don't know that there's any high point of a war, is there? Well. Uh when they surrendered, that was kind of good. When they told me I could go home, that was, I was real good. Happy about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, not. <clears throat> I guess you know that uh, it was really more victory than anything else. So that that's kind of a high point right there. Uh, that you know that I was really expressing. Uh, the, the warfare itself not uh, there's nothing pleasant about it but the uh, you know accomplishing uh, a goal that was noble and that was uh, that was very fulfilling for us well you know and, and again a lot that people don't understand the uh, whether it's Marines or Navy, Army, whatever it is, is based on fulfilling your mission. And I'm sure after when you were said you can go home, you felt good about the fact that you had performed and filled your mission. You had done what you were ordered to do, and and that's why you were getting to go home. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, that's 100% correct. And, uh, you know, it's, this is something that I, I feel for those that have never served in that, uh, the rewards of you and your buddies and your friends and your acquaintances that you've made and, uh, whether it's the, the top of the heap or the bottom of the heap, it's filling that mission and knowing that uh, you've accomplished your goal and accomplished what your government has ordered you to do. And uh, it had to be a great feeling for you and and uh, the folks that were under you, Phil. And uh, again, I, we appreciate your service to your country and uh, know that you had your sacrifices to make 
as does, does anyone that uh, serves and is deployed and the family. And yet, I still think that I heard an out, an unbelievable number, recruiting number that that the government is giving for folks signing up. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, you mean a dollar amount? Yes, sir. Well, I can only surmise it's going to get higher. Uh, we need to uh, <clears throat> we need to give these people more than uh, you know a dollar amount to make them want to serve. We have to uh, we have to show them that uh, it, it's a worthwhile cause. That, uh, I think uh, you know I'm all, I'm all for soldiers being compensated uh, appropriately, but uh, there's not a not any amount you can give them if they don't believe in the cause you're, you're not going to get uh, good troops that's true and with that being said we're going to have to wind it up uh, you've been listening to Desert remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm and Phil as always thank you so much for your service and thank you for being our host on remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm my pleasure David Thank you, sir. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.